Welcome to another edition of Making Money. The financial coach Ron Hebert is on hand, former re- retired, well, he's a retired portfolio manager, former portfolio manager, I guess we could put that. I'm a retired broadcaster. My name's Gord Whitehead. We thank you for joining us. We're continuing our series here, Ron, because it is a two-part show. There's a lot to think about here for those who are approaching retirement. We've set up the sort of the glide path that you should be taking, that you should have a plan in place, but there are a lot of key elements that go along with that plan, and we want to start with those ones now. So is the first one setting up a financial plan, really? After you've done your life plan, you've got to figure out how you're going to pay for all this. And so this means you have to figure out your expenses and your income, and then the plan needs to determine if you have the financial resources to retire on the chosen date that you picked. If not, then you have to do a number of uh, reshufflings, I guess the best way. Are you going to work longer? Are you going to save more? Are you going to spend less? Are you going to try and get a higher return on existing assets? And so this all needs to be reviewed and then you make some compromises and you look at the plan again and you keep compromising till you've got something that is workable for you. And the nice thing these days is, is doing it by hand. Frankly, when I started in the business, this was drudgery because you had spreadsheets and you had to change all your spreadsheets. And so to work out possible scenarios for people, you'd spend hours and hours and hours doing this. But now that the spreadsheets are so sophisticated that you can just change a variable, what happens if we save $100 more? What happens if I work a year and a half longer? What happens if we spend $300 less? We cut this out of our budget. What will allow us to do that? So you can do all of these things just sitting there and changing one variable or two variables in the equation. So you can very quickly come up with a a plan that will accommodate uh, your resources and your needs. Okay, paying off your debts, big key here. You know, so often I find that people, uh, they'll come in and they'll want to know how to invest in something. And then they tell you what their current financial situation looks like. And you find they've got $25,000 on a credit card that uh, they're paying interest of, of uh, between 19 and 27% on. And I'm saying, well, to be honest with you, if you wanted me to guarantee you an investment that would automatically give you a 27% return or a 19% return or any spread in between, just pay down your debt. That's the first thing you've got to do. You do not want to go into retirement up to your eyeballs in debt. I mean, some people will come in and they want to retire, and they've still got 10 years on their mortgage left. It's going to make it very difficult to be able to do so. So start doing this process early. That's why I'm talking about five years in advance. You want to show up on retirement day with a, with a clean balance sheet. Okay. Complete your expensive purchases before retirement. And this can involve a lot of things, you know. Uh, if you need a retire, if you're retiring at 65, and you're saying, you know, I'm going to get myself one more car that's going to take me all the way through my retirement years, or there's renovations you want to do on your house. Maybe, maybe uh, you're not as mobile as you used to be, and you need to put up some bars and and just make the house. Uh, a lot easier to get around, or you have expensive medical procedures, especially dental work, because there's only so much dental coverage you're going to get from a plan while you're at work. So if you uh, if you need really expensive dental work, which can cost twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars, if you're getting implants, well, this you want to think of before you get to retirement's door, not after. 
Complete your expensive purchases. We've got that checked off. Downsizing beforehand. Is that a good idea? Well, downsizing, here again, is one of those things that you're generally going to do uh, once your kids leave home. I, I know for us, we had four kids, Gord, and uh, my wife's sister finished university, and she had a kid. They live with us. My mother-in-law, for a time, came to live with us. We had nine people living in our house. So I bought a six-bedroom house, and it was still crawling with people. <laughs> so after all the kids uh, grew up, um, we downsized to a place that was a third the size. When I mean, we had a big acreage, the kids would bring their friends. Instead of having bush parties, they would, uh, they, we had a big barbecue pit. They all came, and, and you know we could accommodate 100 kids in our backyard easy. So, but once the kids left, I had this big acreage to look after. You're rattling around in it, right? Yeah, and it was empty. I'd walk down the hallways in the morning, and, and unless I was hearing my wife... Uh, there was an echo. There wasn't, uh, I mean, the, the, the dogs were all gone, the kids were all gone, the relatives were all gone, the mother-in-law was gone, everybody was gone. So we downsized. We downsized to a place that was, frankly, almost 75% smaller, and we still have lots of room here. But you want to do that before you retire, if you can, because moving, legal, real estate, all those things are expensive, and you want to do it while you have cash flow. What about your kids' education? I mean, RESPs have been a godsend for a lot of families. So you get a chance to put some money in. The government gives you a little bonus on top of that. But you should make those education payments, get them in place, right? You want to get the kids' education paid for. I mean, the big expectation these days is for uh, parents to, to foot 100% of the cost so that kids can uh, go to a, a university in a faraway city and, and rock and roll for four years and let the good times roll. But, uh, you know, you can do it a little cheaper. Kids can stay at home. I mean, let's face it, in Edmonton, we've got some world-class uh, technical schools and universities. Uh, often they can do the first four years of their education right in town and live at home. So you want to get your kids' education costs behind you. And this is getting more and more important because, uh, let's face it, Gord, when our generation, we got out of, we got out of after we finished school, uh, we got a job, we got married, we got a house, we had kids, and it all sort of happened in that order, and it happened early. Now, the millennials, uh, if they're getting married and having kids at all, they're doing it when, often when they're 35 or 40, which means that they're going to uh, have kids that are showing up at, at, at university just when they're thinking of retirement. So especially if you're a little bit younger, you want to be thinking about these things because you don't want to retire at 65 and have a 19-year-old kid that all of a sudden decides they want to go to medical school. Exactly, yeah, yeah. What about liquid assets? If we have assets that we think are worth something, should we dis be dispensing of them or sitting on them and waiting? Well, you know, uh, it, it allows you to remove the uncertainty because a lot of in, uh, illiquid assets that are very hard to sell, the market's pretty good for them right now. So if you have a liquid assets... For example, if you have a, a 1960s muscle car. Oh, hello, cha-ching. <laughs> yeah, cha-ching. What do you think the value of that thing is going to be 20 years from now? Do you think millennials or Generation Z uh, is going to have a, a, a car with a... With a, with a gas-burning engine. With <laughs> a gas-burning engine that they're going to be driving around? These things are going to be worth zilch. And so the market is really good for some of these things. And if you're planning on retiring... Well, 
you know, and you've got, you know, I had a friend who had a, a, a Ford Mustang, a 67 uh, Mustang, and it was that the same green color. That, the bullet that, car. The bullet car, and it had a 400-plus uh, cubic inch engine, and it had the uh, big four-speed. And, you know, he had a call from someone, and he'd have been, he, the thing hadn't been driven in 20 years. He had a call from someone, and, and uh, they offered him, I think, over half a million bucks for this thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, the market is really good for this thing. He took it because he said, hey, all of a sudden, you know, I was wondering about how I was going to retire. This well, fell into my lap. Yeah. Well, this fell in my lap. And so if you've got gold, if you've got art, you've got jewelry, you've got all kinds of collectibles, the market is hot in many areas, playing cards, like you've got some baseball cards. That stuff is really hot. You've been collecting this stuff for a long period of time. Unless you want to pass it on to your kids, you want to sell this stuff when the market's hot. Because, frankly, when the market isn't, these things are worth nothing. Convert your stock, poly, stock portfolio to dividend payers. We've talked about this several times on Making Money. This is a key here because you get cash flow, right? Yeah, if you're, you're, you've got stocks in a dividend reinvestment plan, just take them off the dividend reinvestment plan and start taking the cash. And as you, get, as you move along and you get older, uh, you don't have to have all your stocks that just produce income, but right now there's so many stocks that, that have very, very nice dividends. The Canadian banks, for example, have been really, really cheap, and uh, you can you can get a dividend of, of, of five plus percent on many of them. So, there's some of the utility stocks, some of the telecommunication stocks, some of the pipeline stocks. Uh, they've, they've, their dividends are higher uh, than I've seen them, except for very rare times in my investment career. So, if you like income and you like dividends. There's some great things out there. They'll provide you with good cash flow right now and a relatively low risk. What about real estate, Ron? Should we be converting real estate to income producers? Yeah, if you, especially if you've had raw land. You know, many people have bought uh, property and they've sat on it for 10, 20, 30 years. They're, they're hoping that the, the municipality or city expands far enough uh, that they're actually going to, to, to buy it off them. Or uh, they they bought a piece of raw land at, at a lake someplace, and they they uh, they've never really developed it. Well, it might be time if you want to have exposure to real estate. Well, just sell the raw land and buy something that produces income. You know, rental property, so that you're getting five, six, eight, a thousand dollars a month in income off of it, rather than it just sitting there costing you taxes. Add to fixed income. Well, that's kind of a challenge right now, isn't it? Yeah, it's a challenge right now. You know, uh, you can. Um, you know, there are alternate forms of, of income. Like I said, a ladder GIC portfolio is better than bonds right now. Uh, some of the mortgage pools you can look at, some of the mortgage investment corporations, there's some good ones out there. Uh, some of the preferred shares are pretty cheap right now. You want to be cautious. We talked about that on a show about five, six weeks ago. But, you know, there are some ways to get some income. You just have to be selective. And what about your insurance coverage? Uh, you know, a lot of people have life insurance portfo- portfolios. Should you, should you have a close look at those as well? Yeah, I mean, you might be at a point where, um, you know, I know when, uh, for example, uh, the kids, I started riding motorcycles again when I was about 52. And my wife said, look, if you want to ride a motorcycle again, then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to take a insurance policy out so that if you snuff yourself out, I'm covered. 
yeah. <laughs> with these four kids. You're not leaving me high and dry. So I took a big policy out, and I really, and I kept that policy in place until I retired a couple of years ago. But after I retired, well, we didn't need the policy anymore, and the kids had all left home and so on. So it was just far more coverage than I'd, I'd ever need. So, you know, review your insurance coverage to make sure that it's appropriate for the time space that you're in. And final one here is is your will and your power of attorney and all of those things. Those have to be up to date because the older you get, you know, you sometimes you slip a little bit and you want to get that taken care of, right? I think the most important thing here is, I mean, your will will be decided by the courts if you do, if uh, if you can't figure that out. But you know, the power of attorney uh, to look after your your financial affairs. I mean, you see people that have no power of attorney, no will, and they get to the point where they're senile. The banks won't give you the kids access to the the, the, the accounts, so you have no way of paying their expenses. Uh, you know, you've got living wills. I know, for example, um, when my mom passed, well, she made it very clear that she didn't want to have any extraordinary resuscitation. And I remember sitting in the emergency ward. It was a really sad time. And so the doctor came out and said, what do you want to do? And, and it was really clear because what we wanted, we wanted to happen was let my mom just pass peacefully. They didn't want extraordinary efforts to, to resuscitate her. And even if they had, I mean, her brain function was, was only a fraction of what it would have been before. And, and she wouldn't have had a great life. But next to us in the, in the same room, there was p- people that uh, extraordinarily were going through the same thing. They had a parent who'd had an aneurysm. And these kids, there was four of them in the room, and I listened to them fight, Gord. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking, I feel sorry for those poor kids. The parents mm-hmm. never communicated to the kids what their wishes were. What their wishes were. And now these kids are just in agony. Should we keep her alive? Should we let her pass? And you don't want to do that to your kids. I mean, I, I walked out of there and I had extraordinary sympathy for those people because there were so many different opinions in the room and, and it, 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 it was just tearing that family apart. So for the sake of your family, let them know and put it down on paper what you want to do especially if you get sick. It'll make all the difference, and it'll make uh, a passing so much easier on the rest of the family. And a little addendum to this, Ron, too. I, I had a, a friend, a good friend, that, that went through, sadly lost his child, and the child didn't have a will. And, and I think it goes, I've pushed both our kids to, look, get your wills done. Sure, you're young, and you're probably going to live a long time, but there's a lot of uncertainty in life. Just be prepared for those uncertainties, right? Yeah. Okay. So now, if you have a question for us here on Making Money, you can reach us through letsmakemoney.ca. That would be our website. Ron will be happy to address those in upcoming episodes. Uh, we'll also answer them directly, too, we should point out. Or you can reach us through the cfcw.com portal. The show is called Making Money, and we'll be happy to address those in upcoming episodes. We're back again next week with another edition of Making Money. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for listening. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional.
The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.